Welcome to the Standard of Truth podcast. In this podcast, Dr. Garrett Dirkmont and Professor Richard LaDuke explore the early history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the life and teachings of Prophet Joseph Smith. They examine the original historical sources and provide context for events of the past. They approach the history of the Church with faith, expertise, and humor. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Standard of Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Garrett Dirkmont, and I am joined by my friend, Antelope Gangrenous <laughs> Professor Richard LeDuc. Hello, Garrett. Uh, last week, we thought we'd get to two emails. Uh, Garrett said he had something up his sleeve for, for Larry on uh, Alvin going to hell for not being baptized, and he did. It ended and- up being the instruction card. <laughs> How to play. Yeah, by Presbyterian USA. Um, but so uh, we were, we at the time, we planned to get to two emails, but uh, the other one, uh, we were able to cover a lot of material, which was great. So we, we wanted to then get to this email by uh, Christian, uh, who, you know, jumping right into the Phoebe Draper mailbag. Do, do you think that he is a Christian? Or is it that he's baptized by Mormons? Well, and so yeah, therefore... if he's a Latter-day Saint, uh, it depends on who you'd ask, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. If you ask me, sure. If you ask anyone else, yeah, probably no. not. Yeah, not even close. So this one, dear brother and almost Dr. LeDuc and doctor and almost brother Dirkmont. Uh, so actually last week, by the way, we mentioned about Garrett's uh, – a virtual Zoom fireside for three missions in in Spain, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, I guess. And um, uh, one of the things that was very funny is one of the missionaries. I don't know who these missionaries were, but they had as the the names below them, Doctor Dirkmott and almost Doctor Leduc as the names. Which was it, very it was funny. pretty hilarious, but it also made me think we've got some obedience problems in this mission. Unless, of course, you know what? Andrew's probably just sharing the premium content around no. like it's a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, in jail, you use it as currency. Um, no, so, uh, yeah. So we I give would them- like to think that the standard of truth is its own cryptocurrency on missions. That people are yeah. like, hey, hey, I've got I've got two of the condemned to repeat it. If you've got, do you, do you, no, no, I'm not trading. I'm not trading a Joseph Smith in the restoration for a condemned to repeat it. You've got to be out of your mind. Pokemon cards versus a crypto, but, uh, but it's still similar. Well, so I will say in Andrew's mission, he's not allowed to listen to the, uh, the podcast, but he can listen to, uh, Google Drive audio that, uh, that I sent. So I, when I shared, yeah. So it sounds like this wasn't approved by the mission president. That's what this sounds like. I don't know. You had you do the fireside. I'm sure it's lovely. Um, (laughs) it's good stuff. All I know is we occasionally get missionaries calling in saying, Hey, we're not supposed to listen to your podcast, but I was the one who was supposed to delete all of the podcasts (laughs) out. And I listened to all of them. (laughs) I think most of the missionaries come to us for sports betting picks. Right, which is an even, even bigger problem. I mean, <laughs> we've got all kinds of obedience problems. Um, I've been listening, uh, let's see, I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, and I think my daughter and I are the only ones in Northwest Arkansas who enjoy it. 
Uh, not to say that others here, uh, there aren't others here who listen to it, but I know we are the ones who, who like it. Now, first of all, I've actually spent a pretty decent amount of time in Northwest Arkansas. I'm a big fan of Northwest Arkansas. Uh, Eureka Springs specifically, it's beautiful, especially this time of year as the leaves change in the Ozarks. Uh, I've, I've eaten at uh, Murdy Mays, at uh, Carmen's Taco Food Truck. One of the things that Eureka wow. Springs is... Wow, you- Wow. It's very good, by the way. If I can if I can give a plug-in for Carmen's Taco Food Truck, it's wow. next level good. What, Street what? tacos. We should have really read this email right after the BYU-Arkansas game. <laughs> we should have. We should have. But that would require planning and being good at this, uh, which we are not. We and it would have been weekly. kind of a little bit of spiking the football if he happens to be an Arkansas fan. Sure. I'm sure he's there because of uh, he works for Walmart, I assume. Isn't that the reason that anyone lives in Northwest Arkansas? Anyway, I, I don't know. Well, so one of the best things about Northwest Arkansas, by the way, if I could get a plug in, uh, we are here um, sponsored by the Arkansas Chamber of Commerce. We're excited to, <laughs> to promote all things Arkansas. Anyway, they have they have an enormous statue that's called Christ of the Ozarks. It's this enormous, enormous statue that is, it's pretty impressive. It's, it's a little smaller than the Rio uh, statue, but I think it's the second largest one that exists and it's, it's pretty spectacular. And what's especially cool is they've got the, what's called the great passion play. They kind of have this uh, village that is, looks like Jerusalem with huge stadium seating and they, they do the, the passion of Christ in that kind of going through the life and then obviously oh, wow. the death and resurrection. And what's fantastic is I've, I've, I've participated. I've gone to this. Yeah. I was going to say, life. maybe we yeah. need to talk to your Bishop. <laughs> Get Brady so, on the line. so I've gone, I've gone to this play and it's, it's, it's incredibly well done. And uh, at the end, when Jesus is resurrected, then um, when he ascends into heaven, they put, you know, they shine the light on on the character that is Jesus, and then he's on like some sort of line that flies up over the entire stadium crowd. It's outdoors. Awesome. It's incredible. So again, um, I can't believe I got so excited about Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, but I, I love feel it. like I feel like maybe you wanted Arkansas to beat BYU at this point. Well, I just wanted them to cover. That's all I'm saying. Um, right, because because good teams win. Good teams win. Great teams cover. I'm kidding. <laughs> President Hinckley, 2005 spring gambling. Don't do it. Um, not to say that there aren't others. Blah blah blah. Okay, I was prompted to write again. I can't believe I got so excited about Northwest Arkansas. I I was prompted to write because of a visit I had to Liberty Jail, in which the sister missionary introduced the recorded narration by clarifying and updating some of the assertions mentioned in the narration such as the conditions they were held in and the visitors they were allowed to receive. <laughs> um, knowing that you have been there with your tour and assuming Dream Crusher Dirk Mott had spoken with them and pointed out some inaccuracies. Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Garrett, um, in, in the church, I, I've now been to many, many, many of these sites with Garrett. Garrett generally holds his tongue uh, and by generally, I mean always holds his tongue at the sites because the missionaries are are wonderful and they're serving and they're doing the best they can and not all have a yeah. PhD no no one needs to be that that person, right? Where 
someone is like going off of what they've prepared and someone in the back's like, Hey, how come you didn't quote uh second Nephi 14? Huh? Uh, you know I mean? Like that it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's bad play. I mean, I, I know I, it, it look, I, I assume that I would say something if the sister missionary was like, yeah. So, I mean, I don't even think Jesus exists, you know? And then I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. 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 Have you been to the Christ of the Ozarks? In exactly. No, if you'd gone to the same, but yeah, I mean, there are times people will ask, oh, what do you want to add to it? But yeah, I, I very much try never to say anything. I do the same thing in my, my Sunday school class. and elders. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, if someone asks me something, I'll say, but I don't, I mean, you don't want to undermine people. I mean, that doesn't help anyone learn, you know? I mean, now occasionally someone's teaching false doctrine and the next thing you know you're you know holding seances and then there's a problem okay so then you then then you hope that someone else will step in but i will say i will say garrett is a dream crusher but respectful one that's uh, uh yeah. one of one of Angie his would disagree <laughs> she would say no nope. was nothing so- respectful so thank you for correcting the record. I am grateful for your testimony, inspiring history lessons, and lampooning certain documentaries. Uh, to this day, whenever anyone mentions Willard Richards, I see Danny DeVito with a pair of revolver, <laughs> a pair of revolvers in the "So anyway, I started blasting" meme. That's a very funny meme. He had attached a picture, and it is very funny. It always brings a chuckle. And a lot of weird looks from everyone wondering what I'm laughing about. Sunday school can be awkward sometimes, but I digress. Which there's no place for uh, digression in this podcast. Actually, we Christians don't digress. There's anything we point. do is we are laser focused. Despite what Rex's elder scorn president said, we do not mess around. We get straight to it. Um, I I do have a I did have a question that I would love to get your wisdom on. Our temple is scheduled to be dedicated soon, and we Probably were asked, by the time we answered this email, it was already dedicated. It's, hey, already, it's been it's dedicated right? for months. <laughs> they, yeah, Arkansas has three new temples since we... <laughs> Christian's been working in the temple presidency since then. Uh, our... our uh, our temple is... First of all, no members of any temple presidency are listening to this podcast. Our temple is scheduled to be dedicated soon, and we were asked to prepare for the dedication by reviewing the dedication of the Kirtland Temple and learning about the Hosanna Shout. How did the Hosanna Shout come to be, and what is its significance? I know you'll find a way to not answer this, but I, but I still kick my. That is very funny, but I still kick myself for not taking the Lions over Green Bay. You know what? That's not a that's not a sucker's bet. We didn't know what love could do, and uh, even though you know we have. Fine friends in Vegas have the Lions uh, over ten and a, or ten and a half on the over under for wins. I, I don't think that that was the the bad play, Christian. <laughs> Again, don't uh, don't gamble. If I had, I could have paid for the premium podcast instead of asking for it as a Christmas present. Thanks again for all you do. I look forward to every Thursday, and yours is one of the only podcasts I do not listen at two times speed. God oh. bless you both, Christian and, and Garrett. I will say also, you know, in the great state of Utah and all over the, the world with the, the number of temples that are announced and are being dedicated. I mean, just in Utah, there's going to be tons. I, I live in Layton. We're about to get a temple. Syracuse is going to be done relatively soon as well. Lots and lots of temples. And so I think this has significance for, for lots of members. 
Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I don't know when those dedications are happening, so I don't know whether we're coming in a little bit late on this, but, um, this is a fascinating question, honestly, uh, in part because, um, it, it seems to have changed a little bit over time, even though it still maintains some aspects of the original reason why, um, uh, the reason why it began, or at least what it's traced to. So this idea of, of, of Hosanna and, and, and shouting is, is something that is, you can find, you know, rooted in the feast of the tabernacles in, in, you know, late pre Jesus Judaism, right before, uh, before Jesus and at the time of Jesus. Uh, the idea was to kind of replicate the um, the the experience of the Jews as they are as the children of Israel as they're fleeing Israel. Where do they stay? Well, they have to stay in the the wilderness. They stay in tents. So when people do this, the feast of the tabernacles, they they create these and uh, and it's supposed to be a time of rejoicing at the end. And so this idea of rejoicing at the end of this is often linked to this, this prayer in Psalm 118. I don't want to get into all of that. And that goes beyond my ability. Well, and well, so oh, Garrett, if I could give a plug, um, this will come out after or uh, right around the Feast of Tabernacles is now Sukkot. And so if you're going to be, celebrating it it starts you know um soon right september 29th of this oh, yeah year. i was gonna say it's next week i think but, yeah, yeah yeah september 29th through october 6th so i think this will drop in the middle of what so is do, you, do you uh build a little uh little little tent i don't i don't build a tent we we generally do uh i mean we we, we play the hits here at the leduke house as we celebrate uh certain holidays so we'll do We'll do some Passover. We do Hanukkah with our, our kids and friends. That's a fun one. We do a little Purim because you got the noisemakers. Those are always a good time. Who doesn't love Esther, obviously? But um, you, 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 you take a big pass on Yom Kippur. Makes sense. Well, I mean, so we're actually we're actually recording this episode on Yom on Kippur. On Yom Kippur, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Which so we do. We I think do, kind of demonstrates what kind of a. <laughs> What kind of a practicing Jew you are? It's, uh... we, sure, we do Rosh Hashanah though. Rosh Hashanah is a fun one as well. But so we we don't do Sukkot. But my uncle uh, in New Jersey, he got his uh, tent on Amazon. He paid a thousand bucks. He, he, he got, bought yeah. one. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh no, it's great. So you, <laughs> so you go. You're supposed to build it, aren't you? Well, I mean, it's some assembly required. So. <laughs> so, but it comes with like palm fronds and stuff that you can. Oh really? Oh, it's kind of like a a giant Lego set. It's yeah. I mean, so it's so it was like a thousand bucks, and he bought it, and it came mostly pre-assembled. It snaps a couple things, puts a couple palm fronds on top, and feast the tabernacles. Here we go. Anyway, just want to get my plug in uh, for Sukkot. So did he send you a picture of it assembled, or was it him assembled? Oh yeah, no. It's they they use it every time, and they would have dinner in it, and it was kind of it was a fun it was a fun thing. Yeah, and you know it's a it's a it's a great memory of you know the 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 sacrifice of the children of Israel, but the last day of it is meant to be exultant that God has 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 saved you essentially, right? Well, um, from Mark chapter eleven in the New Testament, um, you get this 
this exultant cry at the same time that Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, right? And many uh, spread their garments in the way and others cut down branches as Mark 11, 8 and 9 cut down branches off of trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before and they followed cried saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father, David, that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Um, uh, th- this, this terminology, which is variously rendered essentially as, as save us, I beseech thee basically. Uh, so Hosanna, what better thing to to call out to the Lord, save us. Um, it is something that finds its way into early Latter-day Saint scripture, and, and, and frankly, in enough places that I really wouldn't be able to go to all of them. But early on, before there, we even have a church in what is now Doctrine and Covenants section 19, so that's received in the summer of uh, of 1829 and the context of it is Martin Harris has refused to pay this enormous amount of money that it's going to cost you know to to print the book of mormon he's agreed to do it he said he was going to do it he met with a bunch of printers and it's a huge amount of money and all of these printers are saying you are going to lose everything that you have um and so he he hesitates and he balks and the Lord gives this revelation to him, Doctrine and Covenants section 19, which tells him to impart a portion of thy property, yea, even a part of thy lands and all save the support of thy family to pay the debt that thou hast contracted with the printer and release thyself from bondage. So he, he's commanded by God to give up all of his property in order to do it. And shortly after that, uh, right after that, in fact, verses 36 and 37 of D&C 19, leave thy house and home, except when thou shalt desire to see thy family, and speak freely to all. Yea, preach, exhort, declare the truth, even with a loud voice, with a sound of rejoicing, crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord God. So you you get this, again, this reference to it is is with a sound of rejoicing, crying out. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord God, similar to what you have as Jesus is triumphantly entering into Jerusalem, as the palm fronds are being cut down in front of him, uh, and and people are saying Hosanna to God. Um, Well, in uh, later times in church history, look, the phrase will come up in other revelations as well, but I thought this is an interesting thing to share. In January of 1836, so they have, they are building the Kirtland Temple. In fact, they've almost done, they're almost done finishing the Kirtland Temple. Um, They, they're, they're actually meeting in the temple in order to create these various quorums and to set them apart. Um, This is from Joseph's journal. I assisted in anointing the counselors of the presidents of the elders and gave them the instruction necessary for the occasion. And I left the president and his counselor and his counselors to anoint the elders while I should go to the adjoining room and attend to the organizing and instructing of the quorum of the 70. I found the 12 apostles assembled with the quorum with this quorum. And I proceeded with the quorum of the presidency to instruct them. And also the seven presidents of the 70 elders to call upon God, 
with uplifted hands and to seal the blessings which had been promised to them by the holy anointing. As I organized this quorum with the presidency in this room, President Sylvester Smith saw a pillar of fire rest down and abide on the heads of the quorum as we stood in the midst of the twelve. When the twelve of the seven, when, when the twelve and the seven, this is the seven presidents of the seventy, when they were through with their sealing prayers, I called upon Sidney Rigdon, President Sidney Rigdon, to seal them with uplifted hands. And when he had done this and cried, Hosanna, that all the congregation should join with him and shout Hosanna to God and the Lamb and glory to God in the highest. And it was done so. So that's kind of a pretty cool thing, right? I think we usually think of the Hosanna shout as being something associated with a a temple being uh, uh, dedicated, right? Here, it is in consequence of the calling and sealing of these leaders of the church, the Quorum of the Twelve and the Seventy. Um, but of course, at the actual uh, uh, temple dedication, there's we're going to have an awful lot of that as well, where you have this this shouting out this 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 dedication of the temple. Now, the, the the minutes of this are are pretty long, so I'm not going to read all of them. Uh, I know you're thinking, no, no, I want you to read all of the minutes of a meeting. Those are always the best. Um, but uh, this is a, a pretty spectacular thing to hear what it is that the Lord uh, has to say to them. Now, of course, they're going to sing multiple songs, and in those songs, they're singing the song to the tune, Hosanna. And they there are multiple references in these songs to Hosanna. Um, but this is how this uh, dedication went. Um, oh, hear, oh, hear, oh, hear us, O oh Lord, and answer these petitions. This is the end of that dedicatory prayer. And accept the dedica- dedication of this house unto thee, the work of our hands, which we have built up unto thy name, and also this church to put upon it thy name, and help us by the power of the Spirit, that we may mingle our voices with those bright shining seraphs around thy throne with acclamations of praise, singing Hosanna to God and the Lamb, and let these thine anointed be clothed with salvation, and thy saints shout aloud for joy. So you'll notice that in that initial dedication, in the prayer itself, this singing of Hosanna to God and the Lamb, and then the saints to shout aloud for joy. Now, of course, you all know the the Spirit of God, the the song Spirit of God, the hymn, which is sung at the dedication, um, which Hosanna, Hosanna to God and the Lamb. that is the prayer, and then they sing that song, but it's not yet that Hosanna shout, right? There's a lot of things gearing up to it, but they haven't done the shout yet. President Sidney Rigdon, so there's a couple other things that happen, um, but I mean, <laughs> boy, that was pretty flippant, wasn't it? Because <laughs> uh, like, uh, I mean, Oliver Cowdery gets up and testifies of the truth of the Book of Mormon and the work of the Lord in the last days. Yeah, there's a couple other things that happen. 
Uh, Francis G. Williams says that an angel from God came in and sat down between him and Joseph Smith Sr. while the house is being dedicated. Yeah, I just, well, I just well, blew right past that. Well, in fairness, that happened, and you said things happened. I don't know. I feel like you're yeah, on point. Like, like, there, there, there was some a bunch of stuff, <laughs> and there was some completely immaterial stuff. Uh, you know, just. Just the the passing of the sacrament, uh, Joseph Smith bearing his testimony, Oliver Cowdery testifying in the Book of Mormon, an angel flying in. I mean, there was relatively nothing that occurred, so I skipped to the chase. Um, President Sidney Rigdon then made a few appropriate closing remarks. So notice it's the end, and a short prayer was ended with loud acclamations of Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, to God and the Lamb, amen, amen, and amen. Three times. So you have that from that earliest dedication. Now, I I could just say, you know, and a lot of other stuff happened, but given the fact that we just talked about speaking in tongues, I think I need to read the next line. Elder Brigham Young, one of the twelve, then gave a short address in tongues. So after the Hosanna shout, everyone is so exultant that Brigham Young begins to speak in tongues. Elder David W. Patton interpreted and gave a short exhortation in tongues himself, after which President Joseph Smith Jr. blessed the congregation in the name of the Lord, and at a little past 4 p.m., the whole exercise closed and the congregation dispersed. So you get this, uh, uh, you get this powerful explanation of of what happens, what transpires at the the dedication of the first temple, of the original Kirtland Temple. Um, the the shout is explained: Hosanna, Hosanna to God in the Lamb. Amen, amen, and amen. And it's given three times. Now. You'll notice that there is absent from there a discussion of waving handkerchiefs, right? You don't you don't have that. Now, um, sometimes, uh, at least uh, historically, with the you know the the feast of the tabernacles, the um, there is the waving of these palm fronds at, at the exultant celebration at the end. So I can't say to you for certain. At what point that that changes? Where um, you know, is it possible that they wave handkerchiefs? It certainly is possible, but we don't have any we don't have any record of it. Now Heber C. Kimball in 1862 is going to explain this initial Hosanna shout. Um, he is. Uh, uh, First of all, not only are they going to um, explain that initial Hosanna shout, they actually are going to do it in the meeting. Um, Orson Hyde, he speaks uh, in this conference, and um, he says, among other things, that I prophesy in the name of the Lord God of hosts that if we continue to walk in the light of truth, to labor, to build up Zion— the, the cup of trembling spoken of by the prophet Isaiah shall never return to your lips nor to our habitations, but we will float along increasing in power and strength from day to day, continually rejoicing in the truths of our holy religion. 
So Orson Hyde got up and prophesied that if people continue to be righteous, if the saints continue to be righteous, that they wouldn't suffer again the way they had, they'd suffered before. Well, that's a pretty cool prophecy. And you might be thinking, well, who's Orson Hyde to prophesy? Well, Orson Hyde is the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So, I mean, he's not just, you know, chopped liver. Um, my mom loves liver, by the way. It's, it's really, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, she, I mean, I don't know if she eats it all the time, but when we were kids, she, oh, let's get liver and onions. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. I, my, my number one ooh. fear is gout. And so I steer clear of it because of, of that. I don't want primarily to gout. Well, I mean, I mean, when you look at me, I'm obviously really into, into CrossFit and, and training. And so I can't he have says any, this, but this guy is, he's looking svelte lately. He stopped eating, uh, or had a I, gastric bypass. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> Well, so what it's the financial, I, I've, I believe I mentioned this before, the uh, the financial incentive of hitting an aspirational weight that I said that I was back in May that I actually had to get to by the time of the physical. So in order to, well, couldn't you just have gone the other way and just have told them that you ate a lot? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I could have, I could have gone the other way where I have to dial a phone with a, with a stick. Um, <laughs> with a special <laughs> dialing wand? <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, but I, but I, uh, chose the other, the other way. Uh, and, and anyway, it's been good. I'm starving. I've been starving for three months, but my physical was on Friday and then I went to crown burger. Oh, how, how did your body react to that? <laughs> Very poorly. Actually, if you starve I, I yourself guess. for three months and then you go and get a, you know, one of those fantastic pastrami crown burgers with, you know, oh, onion man, rings and fries. Yeah, I know. It's delicious. Anyway. They, they aren't sponsors. Don't worry. We don't have any sponsors, okay? People are like, no. oh, they, that was probably a product place, placement right other there. Than, they, other than the, uh, the the Arkansas Chamber of Commerce, uh, Best Western of the Ozarks. and um, I guarantee and, uh, that they are not sponsors. I guarantee. I'm working that on sounds it. Like Gar- we should I'm organized. We should organize a tour to go watch that passion play. That sounds fun. It's- it is actually remarkable. I, I've got to imagine Christian's gone to it, and if he hasn't, he's got to because it is incredible. Yeah, Christian would blend in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, um, Crown Burger, I believe. Well, anyway, so the, no, we're the talking about well, now. Lettuce, we're talking about okay. Crown Burger because that's the only thing I can think of right now. Let me tell you something. You cannot go wrong with almost anything that they got. Uh, for some reason, they've got the pastrami burger, uh, and then you've, you've got a savlaki. They've got a whole Greek menu that's also fantastic. Can't go wrong with the crown burger. Anyway, sorry. Well, so, um, <laughs> they, just like they gave that Hosanna shout uh, when they were organizing the seven uh, presidents of the 70, when they were, when they were uh, calling them, uh, Brethren and sisters, President Young and his brethren kind of feel as though they would like to have a Hosanna upon the prediction of Elder Hyde and all the true predictions that have been declared. And then, so, you know, I I don't know. So I don't know if they actually do it. Maybe they did shout it out. I don't know. That's not in uh, my source. But he goes on and says, I don't suppose you understand the principle of it. It is a prayer that God revealed to Joseph in the endowment in Kirtland which endowment that transpired in Jerusalem with the ancient apostles and prophets, that same transpired in Kirtland, Ohio. 
And in the winding up scene of the endowment after the 12 apostles received their anointing, beginning at the first, confirmed by the first presidency of the church, after they all got through receiving their anointing, everyone as fast as they were anointed, they laid hands on for the anointing, and then all the assembly of the church of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God was there in its position. The first presidency, the 12, the 70s, the different quorums of high priests and other quorums of 70s, the elders and the priests and the teachers and the deacons, all in their respective places. Then the cry of Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to God and the Lamb, to God and the Lamb, to God and the Lamb. Amen, amen, and amen. So notice the way he describes it actually gives us a little bit more detail. It wasn't that they shouted the Hosanna because they just finished with the 70, like the 70 were the most important. It was because they had just finished doing it for all of the quorums. And the 70s were the last ones. Everyone was in their respective places. And then they they cried out for that Hosanna shout. So that is a, a pretty interesting tidbit of someone who was there explaining the origin of this. Now, once again, they they don't talk about um, you know, using uh white handkerchiefs at the time. Um uh, the source, you know, has a, a few missing holes in it, but he says, you know, uh, essentially a lot has transpired um, since then. Talking about the ceremony, he says, "It is a, a it, you may think that it is kind of a novel, you know, meaning a novel thing, a, a unique thing. If it is a novel, it is as true a one as you ever have performed. And it will have an effect of an endowment on every one of you that live faithfully. And you will see it will have a good effect upon this people. For it actually concentrates our feelings in one. And we manifest it to God and his Son and to the Holy Ghost and before his holy angels. And his angels will bless this people. They will defend this people. And you will see a power manifested in behalf of this people from that time that you never saw. This I know. Why? Because it has been revealed to me, not from flesh and blood, but my Father and the Spirit of God that is in me. It says, you need not be troubled about this people anymore. Trouble yourselves about yourselves, for it is for every one of us to prepare ourselves and to do our duties, honor our calling, and we will honor God, and God will honor us, and he will defend us. So that's a, that's a pretty powerful sermon. Uh, as he talks about this, that there's actual power in participating in that Hosanna shout, and that the way that we receive it is by way of revelation that Joseph received in Kirtland. Um, now let's um, let's maybe fast forward a little bit. Um, I know you don't like to listen to us on two times speed, but Christian, we'll fast forward just a little bit. Um, to uh, uh, talking about when we next get a really big exposition here. Um, And this is in 1892, when they are preparing the the capstone uh, uh, exercise uh, of the Salt Lake Temple. in this same meeting, by the way, Lorenzo Snow says, the Lord revealed to Joseph Smith this great truth, as man now is, God once was, as God now is, man may become. So, you know, if you're looking for it, this is a this is a great conference if you're looking for some meat. 
Um, this is the April uh, 1892 conference. So they're meeting. And then Lorenzo Snow is called to the stand. At the request of President Cannon, Lorenzo, Apostle Lorenzo Snow, instructed the congregation as to the order of the ceremony at the laying of the capstone of the temple. The words of the, of the shout, Hosanna, he said to be uttered upon or after the laying of the capstone today, were introduced by, the, by President Joseph Smith at the Kirtland Temple and were there used at a solemn assemblage where the power of God was manifested and the vision of the Almighty was opened up to the brethren. This was no ordinary order, but is, and we wish it to be distinctly understood, a sacred shout, and employed only on extraordinary occasions like the one before us. We wish it also to be distinctly understood that we want the brethren and sisters not only to express the words, but their hearts shall be full of thanksgiving to the God of heaven, who has accomplished through our agency this mighty and extraordinary labor. Thirty-nine years ago today, the foundation stone, the cornerstone of this temple was laid, and in reflecting and meditating upon the wonderful blessings that God has bestowed upon us, His people, during this number of years that have passed since that time, we wish the saints to feel when they pronounce this shout that it comes from their hearts. Let your hearts be filled with thanksgiving. The speaker then gave out the following words, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to God and the Lamb. Amen, amen, amen. And continued. Now, when we go before the temple and this shout goes forth, we want every man and every woman to shout these words to the very extent of their voices so that every house in this city may tremble, the people in every portion of this city hear it, and that it may reach the eternal worlds. President wow. Snow then proceeded to train the people in the Hosanna shout, the effect of which was thrilling and grand. Now, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's, that's great. Now, what came to my mind as as now look, Lorenzo Snow at this point is, you know, he's a member of the presidency, but he's not the prophet, um, but he will be the prophet. So I'm still going to call him President Snow, right? President Snow, uh, is 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 training them how to do it. Telling them how how important it is. Telling them, hey, you guys better yell. With with, I want everybody in this town to hear it. And then he trains them how to do it. All that could come to my mind was, do you remember when President Hinckley trained everybody how to to do the Hosanna shout for the conference center? Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. Now we I do remember. We were young. I mean. We were we were young back back in those days, ah, uh, right before you were trying to drop weight for a life insurance. <laughs> oh, the right heavy days! Missions. Yeah, yeah, right <laughs> off our missions. I there 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 were a couple. It, it's actually it's pretty it's pretty cool. I remember I remember that for the conference. There's a couple of these Hosanna shouts that I remember that the conference center one. 
um, for the dedication of the uh, the the new Nauvoo Temple and the new and, mm-hmm. and the Palmyra Temple. Um, and I remember even just a couple of years ago on the 200 year anniversary of the first vision that President Nelson did that. Um, I just remember such a uh, such a cool experience to be part of, and especially so growing up in a place where. I mean, the Boise Temple was dedicated far before I would have been able to remember anything, and I, we certainly weren't invited, and it wasn't broadcast. And so, I remember, I remember these these early times when I'm like, "This is such a such a cool thing to be a part of for these really sacred and special occasions." So, uh, shall I read more of the uh, conference? Oh, yeah, here? this is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So, President Woodruff. Um, uh, now this is not word for word. Okay. So the scribe got a little lazy here because it says president Woodruff said in substance. <laughs> so <laughs> I've had people quote me in substance too. And it, uh, it doesn't always, it isn't always what I said. Um, if there is any scene on the face of this earth that will attract the attention of the God of heaven and the heavenly host, it is the one before us today. The assembling of this people, the shout of Hosanna, and the laying of the top stone of this temple in honor to our God. Now that that's a pretty powerful statement right there. There's any scene that will attract the attention of God. My brethren, sisters, and friends, we want to finish this temple. We want to dedicate it unto God as soon as we can, so that when the vast host who dwell in this region of uh, country may go into it and attend to the ordinances for their living and for their dead, I hope we shall all lay this to to heart and try to furnish means so far as we can in order that the building may be speedily completed. We are able as a people to do this. I realize that there are many calls upon the Latter-day Saints for the work and purposes of the church and kingdom of God upon the earth. But this work now before us is the most important event, the most important that we have on our hands. I well remember the day and the hour when this first revelation for the redemption of the dead was received by the mouth of the prophet of God. Who can comprehend this? Where is the man or woman who can comprehend this principle, that we have the power to go into these temples of our God and redeem our progenitors? our fathers and our mothers, from whom we've descended. They never heard the gospel. They never enjoyed the blessings which you and I have in our day and time through the mercy of God. We are their posterity. They are on the other side of the veil, shut up in prison, and will remain there until their sons and daughters go into these holy places and redeem them. As Jesus went to preach to the spirits in prison three days and three nights, while his body lay in the tomb, Some of them have laid there a long time, thousands of years, up to the time when Christ was crucified and his spirit went to see them in prison. President Woodruff then proceeded to enlarge upon the blessings enjoyed by the Latter-day Saints in regard to their work in temples, and said that he rejoiced in the knowledge that the Prophet Joseph Smith, President Brigham Young, Heber C. Kimball, and others formerly associated with them in this great Latter-day work on earth were rejoicing today at what they saw and heard. The shout of Hosanna would enter into the presence of God and they would rejoice thereat. So far as we carried out the purposes of God that he had placed upon us and the responsibilities devolving upon us, when we got through there, should, there we should have the privilege on the morning of the resurrection 
of sitting down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and those of our relatives who had already passed away in the family organization of the celestial world forever and ever. So President Woodruff also bringing it. Um, uh, Now, if we step down to uh, the capstone uh, being laid, so... Uh, again, I'm I'm skipping, <laughs> I'm skipping over, you know, I, I'm not skipping over any angels appearing at this point. So at yeah, least so, that's not in the transcript. So some more stuff happened, yada, yeah. yada, 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 la, 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 most important event in, uh, you know, early church history. But yeah, da, 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 da. And then uh, the architect Joseph Don Carlos Young shouted from the top of the temple, the capstone is now ready to be laid. President Woodruff stepped to the front of the platform and said, Attention all ye house of Israel and all ye nations of the earth. We will now lay the top stone of the temple of our God, the foundation of which was laid and dedicated by the prophet, seer, and revelator Brigham Young. President Woodruff was th- then pressed the button, thus opening an electric current to a contrivance connected with the capstone the latter being thus released and placed in position. The Hosanna, the immense concourse of people led by President Lorenzo Snow, shouted the Hosanna in concert. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to God and the Lamb. Amen, amen, and amen. This was done three times, each shout being accompanied by a waving of handkerchiefs except when the names of God and the Lamb were uttered. So you wave it with Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. You don't wave it for God and the Lamb, and then you wave it for a man in a minute. The spectacle and effect of the shout was grand beyond description. The emotions of the multitude being stirred up in the greatest intensity of devotion and enthusiasm. And then they sang, the Spirit of God like a fire is burning. We'll sing and we'll shout with the armies of heaven, Hosanna, Hosanna, to God and the Lamb. What glory to them and the highest be given, henceforth and forever, amen and amen. Uh, that song is honestly, it's always been um, long before I knew anything about church history. And you might be saying, oh, so you mean right now. Um, I have always had a special place in my heart for that song. Um, I don't know why it is, but there are a few hymns, there are a few sermons that I could listen to or read, and at any time, I will feel the Holy Spirit. And, and obviously, you can feel the Spirit the whole time you sing that song. I don't know why it is, but my entire life, when you sing the the fourth verse, um that as Jesus descends in his chariot of fire, I feel the Holy Spirit every time. And I think in part it's because I am certain of the knowledge that Jesus is our Redeemer and that he is going to descend in that chariot of fire. And that this is not just folklore or bedtime stories. Angels really did appear. The, this shout from from 
from man to God in this shout really was received by God and God really did bless them coming back the other direction. Um, I, I, I do have one more a thought on this, but Richard, do you have, you have thoughts? I've, I've spoken too much. Well, no. So there, there are two hymns actually that, uh, that where I get that feeling every time. And, and mine is very, very similar to the, the spirit of God. Um, I, I love that. And I feel very similar in that same part. It's funny. Cause I, 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 I love that, uh, hymn and I love that part. And then the other one is, uh, is, is press forward saints. There's something about the end of that. Um, uh, thus saith the Lord, you have eternal life. Those two for me, every time, uh, chills. And, uh, I, it has been, it is something that's interesting that my children don't understand because they don't have the perspective of this as a, as a kid, the idea growing up, the idea of even having a temple anywhere relatively in, I grew up in Western Idaho. So we had one that was, you know, 45 minutes or so away. It wasn't too far away, but the idea of, of being able to be a part of any sort of dedication was something that wasn't even remotely possible for my dad. Certainly. Right. Uh, that wasn't the case. And it has been a fantastic thing to behold as this happens over and over and over again. The same thing that you're describing um, in temples all over uh, America, and it is America, the world. And it is um, it is cool every time. And even though it's becoming, we're doing more because more and more of these things are happening, it's still incredible and solemn and special uh like i said three years ago when president nelson did it it was it was impactful both to me and and to our whole family it was incredible well the 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 reality is temples you know they really do bring a power about them um it is rare that you can attend the temple and still feel um as if you know, things aren't any better and it's interesting, you know, when Joseph, whenever Joseph was at a funeral sermon, a, 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 and most funerals then were tragedies. I mean, it's always sad when someone dies, but there's a pretty big difference between when someone 104 dies and when someone who's 14 dies, right? There's a there's a, a gap there in, in our understanding and our acceptance. But that Joseph always seemed to believe that the way to help assuage grief was to teach people about the plan of salvation. That yes, this person's gone, but this person is simply, is still alive, and they are just that much closer to becoming an exalted being. And that's part of his point in the King Follett sermon. Um, now, we uh, often you'll have people say that, well, the waving of white handkerchiefs, that that took place at this at this temple capstone um, ceremony. But I don't know that that's the case. We certainly know from the source that they, they waved handkerchiefs, but here is another source from a newspaper. So, you know, maybe it's false, <laughs> but here it is. The people shout. The crowd under the leadership of President Lorenzo Snow shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to God and the Lamb. Amen, amen, and amen. Each shout except 
to God and the Lamb was accompanied by the waving of their handkerchiefs. So that sounds pretty similar to what we just said, right? It was a novel sight to witness 40,000 people shouting all at the same time and waving their handkerchiefs. The coloring from an artistic point of view was beautiful. There were every color of handkerchiefs that one could possibly imagine. Although white predominated, there were blue handkerchiefs, red, yellow, black, purple, pink. The shout was repeated three times. So it seems that, you know, in this first uh, shout, you know, maybe not at the memo, look, a lot of them were white. <laughs> But a lot of them were also different colors. Um, so, some, so some elders quorum president somewhere was like, oh, geez, I forgot to tell these guys that to be white. Oh, geez, man. Um, and then, you know, people will know whether or not you were giving the right instructions because they can see the handkerchiefs that everyone's pulling out. Um, and so I think this is when we first waved the handkerchiefs with the shout. And then... Um, we, uh, those will eventually come to be instructed. And you'll notice president Nelson, he, he instructed it, uh, the way he instructed, he said, you take a white handkerchief. And so, um, there's a more of a unison rather than a kaleidoscope of colors that maybe there was at the time there. It, It is awesome though. I mean, I mean, I'm so glad you asked this question, Christian. And, and I mean, frankly, I don't know how long you've lived in Arkansas. Um, I don't know if you grew up in Arkansas. I don't know if, uh, uh, you know, I, I assume the number of child of record, you know, baptisms in Arkansas is somewhat slightly higher than Wisconsin's. I don't, I don't know, but it's probably, you know, something like that. Um, but just think about this for a second, that in, in this state, there is going to be this 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 temple where a hundred years ago there wasn't even an opportunity to think about going to a temple, let alone how difficult it was to travel everywhere. And now there's going to be one that's right there. Um I think it's a good measure of the devotion that we have to our God, whether we take temple attendance and temple service seriously. Maybe we go to the temple because, you know, I like to just get away from the world and I turn my cell phone off and I really feel the spirit there. And and that's all good. Look, I don't know why you're going to the temple. It's fine to go for whatever reason. Please go. But ultimately, the purpose of going to the temple is what President Woodruff outlined there. Because there are men and women who've come before us who never had the opportunity to have what we have. Whether you are a lifelong member of the church, whether you're, you're, you're Janet looking for another reason to come at Richard, or yeah. whether you are, uh, uh, you know, you're in, you're, you're in your older ages, or whether you're someone who was just baptized last week, or whether you're, you know, a 13-year-old listening on some pirated premium content, all of us, all of us, regardless of where we're at, we have something that the vast, vast, vast majority 
the 99.9999% of all the people who've ever lived on earth have never had. None of them got to have clear answers about who they really are, why they're here. None of them got to have clear answers about how salvation can extend to every single being that God ever placed on this earth. They had to live without the light of revelation that answered some of those most pressing questions. Joseph Smith at one point said, if you don't know God, and I would say, right, you, 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 you don't understand, right? If you don't understand, you don't understand the first principle if you don't know God. And Latter-day Saints know God. We know that we're children of God. We know that God is our Father. We know that we have heavenly parents, something rejected by all other Christians. And why do we spend the, the you know the the billions of dollars building and maintaining temples all over the world? Because we really believe that there are millions, billions of departed spirits who are desperate to have their ordinance work done. It's very rare that you can do an act of service and know that you are actually making a real difference. When you go to the temple, when you serve there, there you are doing something that is selfless. Sure, you're going to get something out of it, but you are providing the opportunity for someone else to be able to have the same truths that I've taken for granted most of my life. Someone who would have been desperate to know about a pre-mortal life. Someone who would have been desperate to know that every single person can be saved. Someone who would have been desperate to know about exaltation. Someone who would have been desperate to know that every parent who's lost a child can raise them in the resurrection. We take for granted the truths that we have, and, and temple worship is a way of, of sharing that. Yeah, I, I will say, Garrett, there's something beautiful about just going through the temple that generally, after you have brought these saving ordinances to your deceased brother or sister, that then you enter into the celestial um, room. Obviously, you can go to the temple and go to the celestial room without going through an endowment, but typically that's when that happens, and there's there's beautiful symbolism in that. I think so. And of course, Joseph is adamant about that, right? We cannot be made perfect without our debt. They They need us to perform these ordinances. We need them so that we can become like like our Savior by sacrificing for other people, people that we don't know. Um, so uh, it really is. Uh, what a great point. The symbolism of that is is incredible. Kind of makes me want to just go run to the temple, but we're recording late at night. So, I mean, we could do a drive-by on it, uh, but that's probably all we'd be able to do. But we really should be grateful. I, you know, I challenge everybody listening to, you know, if you if you haven't been to the temple in a while, you know, even if you're just going to go for a, a little bit, go and 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 
feel that same spirit that's that's part of that Hosanna shout. Thank you for listening to the Standard of Truth podcast, hosted by historian Dr. Garrett Dirkmott. If you know anybody that could benefit from the material in this episode, please share it with them. And for more resources, visit standardoftruth.com. Until next time.